Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, due to the weather here in Milwaukee, uh, it was una- we were unable to do this live, but we're glad that you've joined us anyway. And today will be our last uh, pre-recorded morning show anyway, uh, because we'll be moving the show next Tuesday to an evening show at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So we hope you'll join us then, and we hope that we'll be live as well for you. Uh, but unfortunately today the snow is just piling up here in Milwaukee and uh, the internet is not a reliable source of connection. So uh, I am blessed as always to be joined, however, by my uh, friend Ann DeSantis. How are you this morning, Ann? Oh, so good, Bill. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) Of course. And And I hope you're not getting as much snow as we are here today. Uh, but I know that we have a wonderful guest uh, with us as well, and uh, why don't you tell us about her? Yes, I'm so excited. As we have a friend of Patchwork Heart Ministry, Jeannie Goff. She's a Catholic author and publisher, and I love her bio right on her website at Perpetual Light Publishing is a retired internal medicine physician with an artsy side. Dr. E. Goff is the creator of the award-winning Molly McBride series, and the co-founder of Perpetual Light Publishing. She's the illustrator and or served as the art director for over 60 published books. Welcome, Jean. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's so fun to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be with you, on, especially on a longer show. I know we, uh, we had a show on Young Catholics Respond, and that show is only a half hour. So now we get to do the full story. <laughs> Oh boy, we'll get really into it this time. <laughs> that's right, that's right. We're excited to introduce you to our listeners. Some know you and some you are new to. So why don't we start out with your own personal faith journey? We'd love to hear. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> I'm really a cradle Catholic. I, you know, went to, I grew up in Southern Ohio in a small town went to Catholic school, you know, all through, um, was, uh, was that smart kid in class. <laughs> and, uh, even though I loved art, uh, you know, the teachers, guidance, counselors, parents, uh, <laughs> encouraged me to choose a more reliable career. And, um, I don't know, very long story short, somehow I wound up a doctor. <laughs> so, so you, so we, you know, we went the usual path of college and med school and residency. Um, during that time, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit now that I really fell away from my faith. I, I don't even really know why. I, I guess it could be a whole other topic. People kind of stray, um, but I just kind of became uh, in this world rather than of this world. Um, you know, as I, I was always this type A personality, better, wanted to be the top of the class, wanted to be the best resident, wanted to be the best everything. Started my own practice, um, worked very hard as a primary care doctor, um, was too busy for church, just too busy for religion, right? I just turned my back on kind of all of it for too many years. 
what brought me back, I heard another guest say kind of the same thing to you, was was children wanting to, you know, put put my faith in my children. I kind of had this weird, well, and just in case all this stuff is true, just to play it safe, I better make sure my kids know about Jesus. I better make sure they can say the Lord's Prayer. I better go ahead and get them baptized, yada, yada. You see where I'm going with this? I think yes. <laughs> along the way, uh, I should mention my amazing husband, Jay. He's also a doc. We met in residency. Jay grew up uh, not very religious, some Baptist background. We never really discussed uh, religion very much. I assumed that he and I would be opposing forces in religion, given how we were raised. So we just never really talked about it very much. Um, I think it was, uh, yeah, yeah, I was pregnant with, with my second. We have two girls. And I <laughs> saw a, no, a terrible a terrible news story. It was about a tragedy, a child abuse tragedy story. Let's leave it at that. Something about that story moved me uh, so severely. I, I began having night terrors, imagining the child in that story. Um, so bad that I felt like I needed help. I began to practically see this child almost like a, not, not quite like a hallucination, although I will admit I was pretty sleep deprived at that time. I was doing, you know, I was taking call every night for myself and I was pregnant and I had a baby. Uh, so I got some help. I went to see a psychologist who happened to be a good friend of mine, a Catholic priest, Father Steve. Working with him, we worked out all of my fears over that. We started talking about religion, of course, again. He asked, have you ever invited your husband to become Catholic? I said, oh gosh, I can't do that. He's Baptist, his family would disown him. <laughs> uh, but somehow Father Steve convinced me to, to, to spring it up to him. And I did it with this whole sort of twist that I proposed to you earlier of the, well, what if it is true? I've got nothing to lose. Maybe I should go ahead and get back to church and go to confession and start clean. And, you know, it's really not that hard to just, you know, be good. <laughs> so <laughs> just in case, um, you know, I just about fainted when Jay's answer to all this was, I've always been interested in Catholicism. It has fascinated me my entire life. My best friend in high school is Catholic. My best friend in college was Catholic and I'd like to learn more about it. And so we got involved with our parish RCIA. Jay converted right around the same time um, my second was born. And I kind of had a near death experience with the second child, I had a really difficult delivery with uh, including um, pregnancy induced hypertension and a hypertensive emergency after where my blood pressure was up around 300s over 200s having stroke symptoms, really thought I was gonna die. I hate to say that, that all this crazy stuff had to happen to bring me back to God completely, but that's how he works, right? He, he takes amazing events like that and 
puts them in our lives. And, and then we, we all really completely had a change of heart, especially me. I reverted. So I call myself a revert to the Catholic faith. Just becoming a mother, realizing, looking at my children, how much love there is in the world. And, like, and looking at my husband, I just did not know it was that possible to love somebody so much. Does that make sense? Yes, it really does. Your story is, oh, I just love it. And, um, and I love the work that you're doing. It's amazing. And when you were talking about, especially that last piece about how you had uh, difficulty after your second childbirth was, that's also part of my story too is that oh. I, well, you're a doctor and you probably have heard of peripartum cardiomyopathy. Yes, ma'am. Well, okay. I had that. Oh. Yeah. Talk and, about fired. Yeah. And I had um, congestive heart failure. So um, thank God I'm still here. And so I, I definitely understand when you're talking about what you realize, right? What you realize when things like that happen, that how good God is and, and what a gift your children are. And that same thing happened to me with the birth of my second child was that realization that how God is watching over us and all the gifts that he gives us, especially our family. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I really can relate to everything that you said there. It was that strong love, especially for me, just to, I, I did not, I didn't really get it before that. I was never one of these young girls or teenage girls who was baby crazy and couldn't wait to get married and have babies. I felt like all my friends were like, oh, so-and-so has a new baby. Let's go hold it. I was going, eh, whatever. But when I had my own, oh, my goodness, it changed. There's just something in me. And then it hit me. Does my, did my mom love me like this? And then it just floored <laughs> me. I looked at my mom. With new eyes, I'm like, I said to her, Mom, did you love me like, like this? And she's just laughing. Of course I did. And I just cried. It's like, ha, 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 I, I never could return this amount of love to you. You know, it just made me love my mom all that more. And then, then it hit me. God loves me like this too? Oh my gosh. Mm that's all it took that's all it took part of the part of the journey of my um coming back to the faith of course meant going to confession a really big confession and we had this amazing priest in southern ohio father patterson i know he's a saint <laughs> we're just waiting to get those miracles approved everyone in southern ohio knows father patterson hmm. and you know, as painful as the confession was and unloading about what, 10 to 20 years of stuff. He just said, you know, but, it, but Jesus loves you. That's all you have to remember. You're loved. And that it really does. It changes everything. When you realize the power of love and how love can be so completely unconditional, like, you know, no matter how much your toddler tears up your house and your stuff, <laughs> you, know, you still love that little stinker with all your heart and you would die for it. You come home and like all the sugar is on the floor, you know, and just stuff like that. And, and it does, and yeah, you're mad as can be. And then you start twisting, you I turn the tables and all of this. I'm like, so 
I am God's little child. In a way, I'm God's little baby, God's little toddler. And I do stupid, terrible things, right? I make a mess of this life he gave me. But he still loves me. Like I love my kids, you know? It, that's what it took for me. I know everyone's faith journey is different. And you don't necessarily have to get married and have kids to have this kind of thing. I mean, millions of people don't have to do it and come to God. But for me, for stubborn old me, that's what it took. Yeah, mm. that's beautiful. It's such a beautiful story. And, you know, it, it also highlights, you know, such the gift of life, you know, the gift of life and what that really is in our in our lives. Like and and. That, that God wants to give us life and give it to us abundantly. And so, you know, certainly that, that reflection, that mirror of God's love between husband and wife, you know, that flows into, you know, our, our children, it's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, thing in your story that, that, that really pulls out God's love and shows us, this is how God loves me. I just love how you said that. This is how God loves me. I can't imagine you know, loving this person, you know, any, like, I, how can I love them this much, you know? And that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. I, I, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about how your call to, uh, you know, you know, you know, once you have this conversion, you know, and, and you have this reconversion um, to the faith, tell us about, you know, now, okay, God's calling you to do something more with your, with your life. And, you know, uh, of course you're helping amazing patients you're you've got your own internal medicine practice like tell us about that 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 journey as god calls you to do something more okay so that expression <laughs> god writes straight with crooked lines it gets real crooked here uh the second child was born uh it became clear early on there were some special needs we were in a small town there weren't a lot of great um, support uh, things available at the time. My number one uh, support was my mother. She was also a babysitter. And mom's dementia became pretty evident. She um, did not have Alzheimer's type dementia. She had multi-infarct type dementia. But when she started going downhill, it could be very, very rapid at times, sudden declines. Uh, Alzheimer's is a steady decline multi-infarct dementia is a stepwise sudden plunge then level off sudden plunge then level off when she was no longer able to help me and i couldn't really find full-time reliable help i sold my practice i brought in each patient one at a time and it was really difficult they're all elderly it was an internal medicine practice after all most of them were elderly right I think some of them just came to talk to me. But anyway, um, I, each, each one that I could had their last appointment and I would tell them what I was doing. I copied their charts. I said, I'm so sorry. I cried with them. I called up other doctors, tried to find them other doctors and help them. Kept their charts for a few years after, stayed at the other end of the phone for a few years after. That was all 2009. Everyone understood. Everyone was so good. Everyone knew that, you know, most of my parents, most of my patients were parents, right? They were grandparents. They understood how important it was. My brother, Bill, I have three brothers and a sister. And I just remember my crying to them at one point. Like I just, 
oh, am I doing the right thing? And Bill's like, Jeannie, go home, take care of your family. You know, just real, just like that. Um, I had joined, uh, sort of joined my practice into another practice at that point so that I could occasionally get a vacation. Um, and I remember going into the other doc's office, closing the door, sitting down and just crying and saying, I'm terrified not being a doctor anymore. <laughs> this is who I am. It's my identity. I'm this business professional go-getter woman, you know, always on the run, always on the beeper, always on the phone. And my husband and I met when I was like this, you know, the senior resident in a hospital running the whole place at night. And what's going to happen if I'm not a doctor anymore? Is, is Jay still going to love me? Because it's not me anymore. And David, that doctor is just like, Jay doesn't love you because you're a doctor. Jay loves you because you're you. And of course, you know, that made me feel a lot better. And one time he, Jay, you know, we were talking while he was at the office that I was at home with the babies. And he said, I just got this amazing sense of peace today washed over me in between patients because I pictured you at home with our kids. I was like, well, dang, maybe this is okay. Maybe I'm not a complete failure. <laughs> so, now, Bill, I told you this before. I wanna say it again, I'm gonna be very clear. I do not have anything against my colleagues who are these wonder women physicians who can perfectly balance the life between family and their careers, okay? Tons of people can do it. This girl here, I am just not that good, okay? I'm just not that good. <laughs> I tried it. I felt like I was just trying to be a halftime doctor and a halftime mom and a full-time not doing really good job of anything. So for me personally, this was the best way we could handle the situation. So that is how it happened. That's how I became at first the stay-at-home mom. Mm. I think the other part of this weird journey was I, little, I hinted at it a little bit earlier, right? That I really in high school always loved art and writing, music, but somehow everybody convinced me to go a different route. And somehow I wound up with this MD after my name. Yeah. So somehow I found my way back into my art series and then molly mcbride was born <laughs> and i started writing wow. children's books i self-published at first i learned that the ropes kind of how to do that and the book had only been out a couple of months when i got a couple of different messages from publishers and um they wanted the book <laughs> and i that's when i met jerry at grace watch media and he actually had me do a contract with him to write a series. So she became a whole series based on virtues. The first one, of course, was Molly McBride and the Purple Habit about a little girl who wanted to be a nun. And then, you know, the series from there. Uh, eventually, um, the books, uh, our Sunday visitor wanted to buy them. So now those books, the series is available uh, through OSV. Um, and I especially that today wanted to plug that book number three because it's a it's a love story, right? It's it's about the virtue of charity, true love. So this is the one that usually sells a lot around Valentine's Day. Parents love to stick this, you know, as part of the little Valentine's Day presents for their kids because it's it is it's about 
charitable love. And also it's about a school bully. So it's kind of a good current theme. I don't know. Where was I going with this, guys? It's <laughs> all good. You- oh, <laughs> I, I love your story. I feel like there's so many, even with my own life as you're speaking, uh, there, I, we'll have to talk later. I feel yeah, so many I know. Yeah, we do. With you. I do. Yeah. I mean, I have two daughters and, and homeschooled my kids as well. And uh, wasn't the type of person when I was younger that wanted to hold a little baby. But then as soon as uh, my daughter was born, everything changed. So I, there's so many things that you're saying that I'm like, wow, I yeah. could understand and, and feel the same way. Uh, that's just incredible. So tell us more about Molly McBride, because I think that is a, a wonderful series. And there's parents that are listening that maybe they don't know about it and would love to learn more. Sure. I'd love to talk about Molly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's based kind of on a combination of both my daughters. They, um, we've always, two of my aunts are, were nuns. Were, so I kind of grew up in a family used to having, you know, people wearing habits running around. <laughs> so it wasn't that unusual to me. What shocked me was after we moved to the Columbus area, we joined a parish and, uh, uh, so some of our nun friends came to my daughter's first communion and the religious head director was so shocked. She was running around, everybody be good, there were nuns here. You know, she was, you know, just like, wow, there are, there are Catholic adults these days who've never met a nun. Oh my goodness, that just blew my mind that people, especially little girls. I mean, sure, little boys, you know, they're always, they know that you could be a father or you could be like you know father up there and you know saying mass but little girls i guess you know they're not a lot of them seeing nuns these days right. when i was in grade school my principal was a nun and you know the librarians were none my first grade teacher was a nun so that was a calling that became my thing i wanted to teach kids about religious vocations um, working with Mother Margaret Mary in that order, we talked about, you know, just kids these days just are not exposed to what can your beautiful path, your calling to God be like. You have to know about it, right? You, you can't just grow up not even knowing that you could grow up and be a sister if you're a little girl or a priest or a brother if you're a little boy. So Molly is kind of like my girls. She loved these sisters that she, we became friends with up here. And so I sewed her a little habit and actually I sewed two of them and they used to wear them around and I made up eventually a little story about a girl who wanted to wear hers everywhere and refused to take it off. (laughs) So that's, that turned out to be Molly, Molly McBride and the purple habit. And we made it purple. So, which happens to also be my youngest favorite color. So it worked out just great. Uh, In this book, uh, the conflict is that she is supposed to wear a new fancy and itchy dress to her sister's big event. Her big sister is having a big day and mom has needs Molly to get into this dress and get ready to go. Um, it turns out that this big day, another thing that gets revealed through the story, a little bit of a spoiler, but it's an important spoiler. The big day isn't sis's wedding. It's Big Sister's First Communion. So this is actually a First Communion story. 
So every year we see a lot of these fly off the shelf, Molly McBride and the Purple Habit, because it is a real different kind of First Communion story. It is from the eyes of a little sibling. And this little sibling gets to witness the true presence and understand not only what First Communion is, what the real presence is, but also learns more about religious vocation. So there are two very important messages in the first book alone. That's um, awesome. The next book was, hey, if you're going to write a book about a kid who won't take off a costume and she's Catholic and she's about the age of kindergarten, it's not really that hard to come up with the next plot of the story and the next story. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yes. Molly McBride and the plaid jumper. 100% based on that polyester thing that I had to wear when I was a little girl. And so many little girls do. Yeah. But mm. the second one's all about it's a it's just a perfect little story to buy for a kid who's starting school who's scared he's just starting school for the first time and what it's going to be like and am i going to make friends and can i bring my favorite stuffed animal with me and that kind of stuff and it's that's uh the story also where the father matt the kids uh, the priest at their school is introduced and he always has a very important lesson to teach the kids uh, let's see i think i in the beginning of this, I rolled out a book about every year. So the third one, the one I was telling you about earlier, is Molly McBride and a party invitation. So this is her kindergarten class antics continue in this one. She and her best friend, Dominic, who of course wants to be a priest and always dresses like one when he can, want to, they're having a birthday party for Molly. Um, they have the invitations to pass out at school and they hatch an evil plot. They hide the invitation that is supposed to go to Sam, the class bully. Mm. They don't want Sam to ruin Molly's party. Everyone dislikes Sam. He's a, pro he's a troublemaker. Uh, so that is the conflict of this book, that the children do get caught and what happens to them and what happens to resolve their relationship with Sam. So there's your first three books. Our Sunday visitor has those. Um, I also have a fourth one that's for Christmas time that we can talk more about at Christmas time. Um, at that point is when kind of another chapter and this started that I could tell you about later when you're interested. Yeah, we'll have we'll have you back for another podcast closer <laughs> to Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to wait until that one, sure. up to you. Yeah, yeah, so that's the story of, of Molly McBride. Mm, love it. And you know, these are wonderful gifts, I think, for uh, sacraments, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. I have some Sunday school teachers in different parts of the country who every year order um, a batch, a large batch, just to give as gifts to their classes. So that's always fun. I love signing them. I love taking them to schools. I go and talk at schools and we can do... Usually it's to second graders, but we talk about the real presence. We talk about First Communion, things like that. And I always be sure to talk to kids about religious vocations, too. It's so important. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know if either of you have ever heard of Sarah International. Have you ever heard of that? 
No, I don't think I have. S-E-R-R-A, St. Junipero Sarah. And uh, it's an organization that helps to promote the Catholic priesthood. And they're, they're located throughout the world, but in the United States as well. I'm actually a member of, of it. And uh, I'm going to have to mention your books to uh, our leaders because the oh, fact that you're... Yeah, the fact that you're promoting the religious life and priesthood is is an amazing thing because you know it all it starts it really does start young, the seeds, doesn't it? I of mean, course. on your own yeah. knowledge, especially that you said you have two you have two aunts that were sisters. I mean, I'm sure that their vocation, uh, you know that 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 decision sometimes comes a lot younger than we than we know. Sometimes in high yes, school or before. Yeah. Uh, the, it seemed in in those bygone days, the big Catholic families, it was almost like every Catholic family knew that, that they were going to send one son to be a priest and one son to be a sister. Mm. And uh, I, there were several throughout the generations in my mom's side. So, yeah. And back then, the line, be, I think back then, it seemed to me the line between nun and sister was um, a little less you know, permanent. Uh, we called them nuns. They wore their habits, but they did go out and interact with the public. They were teachers. One was a Latin teacher. One was a, what did she teach? Religion and English, I think. And these days, uh, you know, as you know, usually we refer to nun as a woman who is cloistered. So who lives completely a life of prayer. Oh, isn't that amazing? Because, you know, you and me, we don't have time to pray all day long. So thanks be to God, we have some people out there in the world who do that for us. They can pick up where we drop the ball, all those prayers. Mm. And then religious sisters may or may not wear habits. Um, and they are out there having any job you can imagine, nurse, social worker, teacher, farmer, <laughs> you name it. Yeah, it's incredible. Thank you for the work that you're doing with vocations. I'm, I'm just really excited about it. And for more people to find out about your work. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. Hey, tell us more about uh, the actual publishing company that you are a co-founder because you're doing wonderful work there with some other people too. This is exciting. So yeah, about the same time I finished up book four, Molly McBride in the Christmas pageant, my friend Erin Brostel and I put together her book that she wrote a few years back called God Made the Moonlight. I illustrated that for her and put it together. And she just couldn't really find the right publisher to do it for her. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of have experience doing this. I've been down the road for self-publishing, then publishing with Grace Watch, then publishing with OSD. I've kind of learned some of the ropes. I'm willing to learn more. She said, why don't we just start? <laughs> I said, yeah, kind of at the same time, we came up with the name and, and lo and behold, about the same time, our friend Kathy Gilmore came along mm. with a whole new amazing series to pitch called the Virtue Heroes series. Oh my goodness. This is an amazing idea. We've got to talk about this. So I've got to get Kathy on to talk to you yes. about this. Too. Yes, please do. I know her as well. She, well, Okay. So yeah, Kathy is just the one of the most energetic people I've ever met in my life. She has a 32 book series, 35 book series planned here. We're working on the third one right now. So we're, besides that, Aaron's book, I've got 
Tammy Fernando in Great Britain, who's got a book in the works. She's working with an illustrator over there, Alice Robertson. Uh, there is a local young lady here, Maria Shappert, who wrote Wendy's Wacky Wardrobe, which is this really fun rhyming book about a girl with a hoarding problem. She can't stop shopping, she has too much stuff, and how she ultimately embraces charity and organizes a clothing drive at her school. That's Wendy's Wacky Wardrobe. And I illustrated that one for her, that one's out. Um, I should mention the first two books of Kathy's that are out. So her first one is, is a, a Mouse and a Miracle, which is about the Annunciation. And then the second, the third one, we skipped to third to do Wisdom Finds a Way so that we could get it out in time for Christmas and Epiphany because it's about the three kings. Um, there's, what else is going on here? I'm just like looking. <laughs> There are so many in the making right now. We have a lady writing a beautiful middle grade children's novel right now, Janine Saya. Um, we have another woman working on some Catholic uh, kids, uh, like a, a workbook. No, I don't want to say workbook. That sounds too schooly. Activity book. And we have another woman working on a collection of poetry. So there are just so many things coming down the pike. I, there's plenty of work. Let's put it that way. There's oh. plenty of work. I, I love books and, and admittedly, I love children's books too. I mean, because Me I think I told you, I, I homeschooled my two daughters from pre-K to 12. So Ooh. we have a lot of books yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it was so much fun. And, and now that they're in their twenties, I mean, I do miss that time, but there's always a way to stay connected to it. And I think when someone like you, who's doing wonderful work, anytime I would think about giving a gift, especially to enhance faith, right? This mm -hmm. is the place to go to Perpetual Light Publishing. Uh, tell us the website. Well, I have it here. It's actually perpetuallightpublishing.com. Yep. Just like it's saying, nothing unusual. The website is just mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. I have a place on there. There are a lot of ways that anyone can participate in. We're a co-op. It's a different kind of publishing mm. company. So I don't, um, I don't take anybody's rights away. The authors retain their own rights. I simply work with them uh, to help them promote and then we split profits. So that's basically how it works. Everyone in our network, um, we help each other, support each other, market for each other when we can. Uh, we like to make sure that every word in our books is legit. Nothing goes against the magisterium of the church. Um, and we try to put every book is actually available for a full free preview inside. So a parent or a librarian or a teacher or a DRE can be 100% sure you're not buying something you don't want your kids to know or see. You can look at the whole book before you buy it, the whole book online at our website. Um, the, there is a buy books link so you can get on there. And I, I try to put collections of all, all kinds of books on there. Some of them are by fellow Catholic authors, some are not, but I'm trying to just make a big list where parents and teachers can go and get safe books for the kids. Yeah, you know, that's awesome too, Jeannie, because, uh, you know, I know uh, that there are so many books out there that, um, you know, with different book fairs and in, in schools and things like that, 
that you know, and they even make it into you know high school libraries. You know, uh, yeah. they that that promote a different agenda, that promote a different agenda, uh, and that might have things that are not in you know orthodox. You know, with the church's teaching, and so it's really great that I, you know that you know folks listen to the fact that you can read the entire book. Um, you know, online and take a look at the entire book online prior to getting a hard copy co- of it, because that is a really significant uh, thing. I, let me tell you how many publishers do that. You know, other publishers do that. Zero. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I agree. So mm-hmm. so really, um, you know, take that to heart and take a look at these books and, and know, I mean, it's complete transparency. You know, I mean, that's, you know, beautiful transparency. Uh, and And also, you know, the faithfulness to to look at, you know, what, what you're going to be feeding your children. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, what are you going to be giving them? Uh, something that is, you know, entertaining, you know, these are, these are also not boring books, <laughs> you know, these are not boring things, you know, they're, not. <laughs> you know, no, they're not. And, you know, they're, they're exciting, they're entertaining. Uh, and, and, and not every single one, um, you know, is going to hit you over the head with, with religion either. Right. Like, like, you know, the, right. you know the, there, there are some fun, just some fun books that don't have, uh, you know, some, some nasty content in them, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's all good... it, yeah, that's all it means. When we say Catholic, you know, kids, we're not saying that every book is a Bible story or a saint story. Those are great. There are a lot of them, and we're still building up collections of those. Believe me, you get queries every day from new authors. But all I want to say is, I want parents to know you can buy a book and not be worried that you're going to get to page 10, and suddenly there's this what happened that character what so yeah that was that's been a, a project of mine for a few years uh with with a few other women is there there yeah there have been some pretty uncomfortable shocking moments about books that show up in our in our catholic elementary schools from the typical book fairs if you are interested if you happen to be a principal or teacher or school librarian listening please visit my friend Liz Lantigua's Good News Book Fair because she will take a book fair to your school. She travels all over the country, this this company, this tiny little company that she's built and and every one of her books is is screened. She she hand picks every single book in this book fair to make sure kids are really getting books that are not in opposition to Magisterium of the Church. Oh, that's good news. Very good. It news. is. Speaking Literally. of good news, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So amazing. Hey, tell us. Um, you know, here we are, beginning of the year. Uh, is there anything coming up this year that you want to tell us about that's going on with your ministry and with your work? Yeah, sure. Oh my goodness, what is it going on? We have so many books com- going on right now. I think one of them that I'm really excited about is Janine Sayo's middle grade book for that's for boys. Um, Liz Lantigua has been kind of on all of us Catholic authors saying we need more middle grade books. We need more. There aren't enough out there good middle grade books for kids to read, especially middle grade boys. What an important age to right to influence get kids to read good books. So Janine Zayo is writing a um, historic fiction about, I believe the character, the main character is about 
12 or 13 years old who lives in the time of Christ. And it's a treasure hunt. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like a national treasure kind of story. Mm. Um, so it's really exciting. She's working on that with Aaron Brostel, our editor. I can't wait for that. Hopefully we will have that book out in the fall. Uh, and then, of course, we are always going to have something new by Kathy Gilmore out, right? She, our, our book number two is going to be about the visitation, and it's called Buzzing About Cousins, and it's going to involve baby John the Baptist, and he's so stinking cute. He's a little baby wearing a camel hair cloak. So <laughs> I, I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> permission first to make sure I could stick that in there, but I sent it to her just to give her a giggle. Mm-hmm. All right, but in his in his little buddy in that book is is a honeybee, right? Because you know John lived on honey in the desert, yes. right? So yes. yeah, each of her books is based on a little animal character that represents a virtue. So. You can, oh, I should go ahead and give you that site. If you want to look at virtueheroes.com, you can learn more about that series, which is just a great tool for kids. You can print out games, posters, you can buy, you know, different character, little animals and keychains and things to go with the whole virtue series. And the first set actually correspond to mysteries of the rosary as well. So you're, you're not only teaching kids a virtue, you're teaching them about the rosary. Um, I'm hoping that Maria Shepard will come out with a sequel to Wendy. That would be great. I personally don't think I have any time to write any more Molly books right now, but that would be fun. Uh, so the other, the other two are picture books coming out. I'm really excited. If we can get all these out this year, that'll be a miracle. Yeah. Wow. It's wow. exciting stuff. It really is. Yeah, Especially for people listening that have young children and even Bill, right? Bill's yeah. uh, wife is expecting a baby. Hey, I'm excited for you and Agnes to oh, learn yeah. more about it too. Yeah, for sure. I'm already <laughs> reading, I'm already reading books uh, to the belly. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm already reading Yay. books to the belly. So uh, certainly, you know, I mean, it's so, it's so important, you know, reading, reading uh, books and also doing, um, you know, music and just uplifting stuff. We need to have, you know, uh, a uplifting experience, you know, and, and just teach our children. I loved how you just said, Jeannie, about the about the books that, you know, are in, are in line with the rosary, like the mysteries of the rosary. That's so cool, you know, to be able to teach these stories. And then when, when they're old enough to really pray and learn the rosary, uh, you know, a, as part of the family, they've, they've already, oh, I know this story. I know yeah. this, you know, like, like, like that is such a natural and beautiful way to just approach, you know, publishing, but also, but also ministry. And just because it, because it follows a, a beautiful progression. That is, that is awesome. It is fun. They're fun. The character, it's uh, that series. The characters are sort of a Disney quality to them, like a classic Disney quality. So it's been, it seems to be very appealing it wasn't my usual art style. If you guys have seen the Molly McBride books, I'm usually more a fan of the 1930s, 20s style of uh, ink and wash watercolor. Yeah. Kathy really wanted to do this in a different style. So I did it for her. She's amazing. So I, I would do it. So I, so far, people seem to really like it. The mm. characters are cute. That's They're cute. Awesome. And I think they really appeal to young kids. We have one mom that's been um, corresponding with us about how her kids are doing with the series. She has the poster. She printed out the big poster of all the characters 
each one has a name and then the name of the virtue they represent. And whenever she is giving her kids a little lesson, like why you should not do this or why you should behave the way you should in this situation, she goes to the refrigerator, she points to that character's in that virtue, and then they make a little virtue lesson out of it so they can understand. So the children are picturing for each virtue, this character and the story behind the character to really understand what virtues are. I think that's amazing. I didn't, I mean, here, here we, I have one kid that's, you know, doing confirmation this year and I, I just can't think of any other series that I could have bought as kids that would so easily teach kids what the virtues are. I love it. It's very important to teach them about virtues as early, I think, as early as possible, because the world and our society certainly does not teach it, you know, right. and and especially I remember when my daughters were younger and certain uh, channels that were on TV for kids that I thought, oh, my goodness, not only are they, are they not teaching virtue, they're they're teaching vice. I mean, they're yeah. literally teaching vice. So it's so good to do that, you know, whether you're Catholic or not. I mean, it's, it's important for kids to be that, to be instilled in them at a young age. Right. So I just commend you for your great work. Now, I don't think any of our books would be offensive to a non-Catholic. You know, that's what we always try to make sure that, you know, everyone understands that yes, we are Christians, we're Christian, we're Catholic Christians, but the books would appeal to any, any, Christian person, the virtues are the same. Mm. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I would like to think that, you know, virtue spans the, the Christian church, you know, I like to think exactly. that those things span the Christian church. So, I mean, that you know, you, you are doing such, such great, amazing work, Jeannie. And, uh, and I'm you know, trying. It's, <laughs> no, it's not goodness. me. It's these authors, you know, it's a lot of people. And, yeah. and the more we create, the more there's an appetite for it, right? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think that's part of the creative process and bringing people together. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that that's such a beautiful calling to be able to bring people together uh, that that want to create um, great characters and create great uplifting stories for children. I mean, you know, our world needs virtue. Our world needs, uh, you know, love. It needs peace. You know, these these things are not foreign to us. We're 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 learning it every day, um, and 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 because of that, um, I I just know that the work you're doing to instill it in in children at the earliest of ages, right? To to put those virtues in simple stories that is going to build the foundation for, you know, a better society. It's going to build a foundation for, um, you know, a, a, per, a good Catholic, good Catholic leaders, good Catholic, uh, followers, uh, in, in the church. That's what, that's what we need, you know? So, so thank you so much for all the amazing work you're doing. And your story is just, uh, one of, one of complete, um, you know, beauty and trust too in the Lord, knowing that, you know, Hey, um, here, I'm, I'm doing a 180 in your life. I'm doing a 180 in your life, and uh, look at the amazing work and the number of souls you're, you're reaching out to and helping. So just thank you so much. 
I hope you're right. I hope, I hope we're reaching some people. Thank you from me too. I really have enjoyed this program and, and getting to know you too. I'd love to have oh, you. We yeah. would love to have you back again. Yes, this was a lot of fun. And it sounds like we have a lot of common, a lot in common and we'll have to get together. No, please <laughs> do. Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. I know you're in Ohio. We're probably six or seven hours apart, but you never know, right? <laughs> That's actually, my husband and I met in Wilmington, Delaware. So we're familiar with your neck oh, of the woods. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> close by. We love Philly, love to visit it. We'll be back as soon as we can. We'll look you up. Oh, please do, please do. I love that. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Well, folks, uh, I definitely visit Jeannie's website again, which is very simply uh, perpetuallightpublishing.com. Uh, and, you know, find out more information about uh, all the amazing things she's doing there. Uh, but until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, Fiat Ministry Network, and the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.